You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Hello, team of listeners who care about independent music, punk, hardcore, whatever you want to call it. This is the place where we hang out and talk to people who are involved with the damn thing. And today is a really cool episode with Matt Frazier. He is the drummer for a band called Local Natives, and he also cut his teeth in the SoCal area playing in a bunch of bands that are, uh, you know, what I like to call Chain Reaction Core. And that can mean <laughs> anything from, you know, hardcore, pop punk, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I got introduced to him. Well, first of all, I've, I'm a big fan of Local Natives. I have watched them. I've actually never seen them live, which makes me sad. But I've watched them grow from the kind of, you know, cool indie rock band that they were to now they play, they play uh, to a lot of people <laughs> in a lot of different places. And uh, Matt got introduced to me via a listener. So Kenny, shout out to you. Thank you for thinking of Matt for the show and then emailing me and saying, hey, I'm friends with Matt. This makes a lot of sense. So this is in real world, this community (laughs) that is sprouting up around the show. This happens. This is a real thing. So uh, yeah, this is exciting. And I appreciate both Matt and Kenny for making this all happen and coming together. But you can support the show by doing a few things. One, you can always email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are all those are all free. Those are easy things for you to do, and it helps out the show tremendously. So if you have not done so yet, please do one of those things, and I will greatly appreciate you. If I could get you a digital high five, I would, or a real-life hug, I would. But um, yeah, those are just some ways you can support the show. So like I said, Matt, it was great conversation. I love local natives and I just really like being able to pull on these strings of the independent minded musicians that have grown up within the DIY world of understanding what it's like to, you know, book a show and play in front of four people and, you know, put out seven inches and demos and records and all that stuff on your own without any label support, or even if it is with label support, understanding how you get from point A to point B. And Matt's story is really cool. We go a bunch of different places, but uh, yeah, I loved it. So here we go. Here is Matt Frazier, the drummer for Local Natives. And uh, now I'd like to call him a friend. You know, we're following each other on Instagram, so that means we're best friends, right? <laughs> but anyways, here's Matt, and I will talk to you, of course, after the episode is over. As I joked with you over email, well, it's not a joke, it's the truth. Like, I legitimately loved Cavill Arrest. And it was, it was one of those things where I was working at a record label, Century Media, and we had this like imprint that uh, was off of the label called Abacus Recordings. Mm. And we were like, you know, I, I'm sure, actually, I can almost guarantee you probably played with this band called Falter. Do you remember that band? I think that may have been. Because I was not an original member of Cavill at Rest, but like that sounds really familiar. Maybe I've heard the other guys talk about it, but like that possibly could have been before my time. Sure, fair, fair enough. Yeah, it was just because <laughs> the that Falter was definitely a band where it was like 
they we ended up putting out a record by them, but they were from Fullerton. And it was just one of those things that like at the same time I know that we were talking to you guys, like we had signed Falter and like we also signed bands like Juliana Theory and stuff like that. But oh right, right, right. Anyways, long story short, it was one of those things where I just was like, wow, like very rarely do <laughs> Our our bands that are on the quote unquote like local level like have their stuff together, <laughs> and like <laughs> and like Cavill was totally one of those bands where it's like you guys felt you know uh, more fully formed than just kind of like you know your average like local band. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's yeah, so- yeah. It, it's it's well, it's funny because I I joined up with them in 2006, and it was like early 2006. And, you know, they had already been going as Cavill for a couple years, I think, at that point. You know, a couple of the guys have known each other. I mean, most of the guys have known each other since, like, junior high. So they've been – I think maybe that's part of what plays into just, like, why they they seem to maybe have have it all – you know, have have their thing going already. But um, they've been playing together for so long. And um, so I joined up in 2006 – uh, mutual friends of ours, like, uh, kind of mentioned that they were looking for a new drummer at the time. And I reached out to them on like MySpace or whatever it was. And I, I remember going, I had never seen them play before, but I'd heard the name. And I remember going to watch them, uh, at like the knitting factory in LA or something like that played a, you know, a handful of people. And I remember watching them. They had a temporary drummer at the time and, and, and being like, wow, this band, like these guys, I, I don't know what's going on here, but this is something I want to be a part of. And so I like, you know, introduced myself and we jamming together and, you know, I've been playing together with them ever since. But yeah, I, I like, I feel like I had that brief moment of like, even then, like watching them briefly from the outside and being like, oh, wow, this is like, this is something it, it was, it seemed like something special. And I was like, I have to be a part of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, no, that's cool that you had that experience because I do, th- I mean, it happens time and time again. I mean, when, well, when I say time and time again, maybe it's not that common, but like when you do, you know, like play with a band that, you know, doesn't have some sort of, you know, national imprint or, you know, has toured or has records out where you just watch it and you're like, yo, you guys are good. Like how'd that happen? <laughs> it's like, that, yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. I, it was like totally that experience. And you know, it's, 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 it's hard to come. I, you know, it's hard to come by and it's, and especially like to be you know, surrounded by people that actually like are friends and like each other. And I don't know, it was just like a, it's, a, it's been a really, really great experience. So yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> and so the, your, uh, focusing on you as a person, um, you know, I, I know that, uh, most of the other, you know, local native guys, like all came up, you know, in the orange County area, like as far as right. like, deep, deep, you know, Rancho Santa Margarita, like we're talking, you know, deep, yeah, deep, totally. deep uh, is that where you came up as well or no? So I'm actually up from, uh, Inland Empire, uh, Chino Hills is where I grew up. And, uh, so I grew up out there. You know, I was playing, I've been playing drums since I was probably like eight or nine. Um, and um, yeah, just always was like playing in bands throughout high school. And just, you know, I just loved playing music. I've been drawn to music since I was a re- at a re- really young age. And um, I found drums was like my first love in the music world. And uh, I've just been, you know, playing ever since. And yeah, kind of like playing with people in high school and just kind of like, I just enjoyed being in bands and playing shows and you know i had i remember like ninth grade i think my first uh concert quote unquote was like a house party or something like that but there was something like so infectious so like 
you know, about just like playing to people. And, and it just, it's became something I'd like made more and more time for. And um, yeah, so I grew up out there until I was about 18 or 19. And then um, it was around, it was around, uh, it was like probably like 20, 21 when I met the Cavill guys and, you know, they, they were still in Orange County and I was still living in the, in Chino, Chino Hills area. But, um, you know, it was really around that time we, we started to try and, uh, what was it? Like we were, we wanted to really make, like they were finishing up school and I was kind of taking a break from school and we really wanted to, uh, kind of like give it a go, like for real and, and, you know, trying to, trying to make the music thing happen. And so we all moved in together in, uh, in the city of orange, like kind of near the old, old town circle. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of where, you know, I, I spent a ton of time in orange County, like as a kid, just cause, you know, going to shows, like going to chain reaction or going to like observatory, or I think it was what was it used to be called the galaxy. Right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) In in Santa Ana. And, uh, you know, so I spent like tons of time out there, but you know, most of my, my earlier years were out in the the 909 area, uh, going to like glass house and, uh, showcase theater, of course. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Well, it's, it's, it sounds like, uh, you know, you were probably, uh, seeing the static lullaby kids out there. <laughs> well, yeah, I went to high school with those guys. Uh, right, so right, they, right. They, I they imagine went to the same school. So they were like, yeah, they were like the, the, you know, the band that made it from our high school. It was, uh, it was everyone, like everyone looked up to that, those guys for sure. <laughs> well, totally. Especially too, when you, I don't care like what style of music you play, like when you have bands that, you know, if you are in a band and then another band that, you know, exists in your school and you watch them like, damn dude, like they're, they're playing shows and they're doing it. Like you can't help, but look up to that. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, as like, I was already kind of like playing with other people and you know playing shows here and there you know but it was like yeah they were like doing it they were like going on tour and like they had like a i think they had a record deal i don't know but just to see it was you know just to see anybody kind of like have like a taste of success in the music industry especially around that age was like inspiring and just you know it just also reminded me like oh yeah this is I don't know if my trajectory looks like that, but I want, I have to make something work. It was like, you know, I have to be in a band. I have to like tour. I have to have that experience. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just something you like really like looked up to. So. Yeah, no, that's right. (laughs) I really, excuse me. I really like that because it is, especially too, like as you start to play in bands and start to figure out what it is you want to do, it's not like you can articulate what quote unquote making it looks like in music. You're just like, I just want to put out a seven inch or I want to put out a CD and you're like, Oh, what's the next thing I can do? And like, it's just such a step-by-step process. Totally. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, for me, it's always just been, I mean, I feel so fortunate to still be doing it now. And like, you know, local natives has been, you know, I've been, I've been playing with these guys for like 15 years now and which is insane to even say out loud, but like, I feel so fortunate to have all these experiences, but like, I don't know when, when I was, I don't know, in high school or even out of high school and trying to like make it work somehow. I I didn't, yeah, like you said, I didn't know what the, what the, end goal was it was just like i just want to be able to make music and hopefully that can become like you know like a full-time thing and if i can like you know get by and like pay my bills or whatever and just kind of tour and play to whoever cares like 
that's that's all that really matters. Right. That, that that's success for me. Um, a, a few other things I'll I'll pull apart before you know we dive further into it. But your uh, your your family structure, you know, brothers and sisters. What did your mm-hmm. uh, family makeup look like? Yeah. So I have a younger brother. Uh, we're about six years apart. Um, he. Uh, he lives in, uh, or my all 20, all my whole family lives in Orange County now. Um, <laughs> they've like all moved from Chino Hills area since, since my brother and I, um, moved out. But, uh, yeah, I have a younger brother, six years apart. And then my mom and dad are separated or, you know, they divorced when I was pretty young, uh, probably like kind of around the time that I got into playing drums. I don't know if, I don't think that has anything to do with it, but, uh, <laughs> sure. uh, but yeah, it was like right around like eight or nine, my parents split up and then, you know, um, yeah. And my dad's remarried and my mom is living with my grandmother in uh, like Laguna Miguel area. So, but yeah, really close with my family. Um, they've always been really supportive. I mean, I, I, I look back and I'm like even more grateful for you know my family you know they i remember getting my first drum set at like age nine or ten and like if that's not support i don't know what is because like a a young kid learning how to play the drums in their garage is like not the most casual uh easy listening kind of experience so they were always like really really sweet and supportive um with what i wanted to do and you know they've like still to this day like always come to shows and yeah like i really love my family so that's awesome. Yeah, that definitely. I mean, drums is a. Uh, I mean, it's a punishing instrument for parents to, to <laughs> In, just sit there. Indeed, indeed, it is. And like, especially too, where it's like, you know, hey, uh, I'm gonna learn uh, how to play a uh, dookie or whatever. It's like <laughs> you're just you just are sounding terrible. But your parents are just like, well, um, I, I guess go for it. There you go. Yep. Yep, that's that's hilarious. That's actually one of the albums that I may have learned how to how to play to along to first. So that is a very accurate uh, <laughs> uh, scenario for me. Um, and I'm sure they like practicing those fills over and over again. Um, yeah, I feel so bad for for uh, <laughs> my parents back then. But right, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, it all paid off, you know. <laughs> yeah, it worked out okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and even if you weren't in a you know well well known indie rock band, it's just like well you know like uh, I, I I this is something I'm passionate about. So sorry guys, we're doing this no matter what. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> and uh, so as you started to you know like go into junior high and high school and stuff like that, where did you um, you know find your kind of identity and your tribe? I mean, obviously, as you mentioned with diving into music and getting exposed to you know that whole diy scene um yeah. I, I presume that is where you kind of you know really attach yourself but were you like a, a sports kid prior to that did you care about school where were you i mean i was like I, I i was a i was a bit of a sports kid uh i wasn't like a jock by any means or anything like that but i played hockey growing up so like that was a big like thread throughout my high school years but like music was kind of music has been the one constant throughout my life. I think still to this day, like I started, I, you know, was really interested in really young and it like, that was where music is what kind of like my friend, like a lot of friends I still have now, my whole life I feel like has been surrounded by music and like the, the friends I made in high school, the friends that I like, you know, really got close with and like found my like close new grip, close knit group of people, you know, were the, you know, the people that listened to the same bands you were listening to those are the people that, you know, I got along with the well. And, you know, it was like, and, you know, those are the people that I ended up, a lot of them I started jamming with and, you know, in my parents' garage or their parents' garage. And um, yeah, it was like, it was definitely, I think around like freshman year of high school was kind of when I started 
really discovering like junior high was definitely the, I mean, I feel like a lot of people have the same story. It's like, it's this weird, like in between like awkward as hell stage where you're just like, don't know, like you kind of are trying to find new friends and figuring out what you want to, what you're interested in. But um, yeah, it was like around high school that I like really started diving more into music. And um, like, those were the friends, the lasting friendships that I really made were those years and like kind of having that commonality and like, you know, our musical tastes. Sure. Absolutely. And, and what, how were you getting like exposed to this stuff? You know, was it, uh, you know, was it just like you ping ponging stuff off of your friends? Were they bringing stuff to the table or was it, cause I mean, clearly, you know, you didn't have the luxury of having an older sibling being like, all right, here's your minor threat record or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think it was really just like friends. It was like, you know, word of mouth, you know, college, say internet was, happening but like we didn't have spotify and stuff and so it was like i think i remember in like eighth grade or seventh grade you know front of my neighbor had uh weezer's the blue album or something like that and was like you gotta listen to this and and then you know um it was just you know friends that i made in in high school you know in in, in class i think we would like share cds and would, you know it was all about like you know I, I think I still have like my giant book of like yes, burnt CDs yes. from high school. <laughs> everyone's got like Sharpie all over it and like, you know, shitty little drawings or whatever. But um, that was like burnt CD. That that was like the biggest thing was just like you burn like a mix CD for your friends or something like that. And like, that was how I found out about like, you know, new, new music. And um, yeah, and I, I think also a big thing looking back, I, I every year of high school I took this guitar class, um, and you know I was playing drums, but like I you know I wanted to learn other instruments as well. And guitar class was like, it wasn't like you know band or like jazz group or anything like that. It was like kind of just like just the people that were like we were all kind of into the same type of music and just like brought acoustics to school and just like you know, learned how to play whatever song we were interested in at the time. And it was like super casual, like really not like a hard class at all. Um, but it was like, it was like this cool community. And um, that I learned like, you know, that was like, cause that's all we talked about in that class was just like stuff we were listening to. And one of the cool things about it was every semester they had this like guitar class concert that they played in like the auditorium to like the lunch crowd or whatever. And it wasn't like a mandatory thing. So there would be anywhere from like five to, I don't know, 30 people in there, whoever like cared enough to come watch. But it was, it's cool. Like kind of introduction at a young age to like performing and like forming bands and like playing off of each other. And um, it was really cool. And you know, you'd like, we, everyone was doing cover songs, but like, that was like another way of just like, you know, I don't know. I think I remember doing like a Foo Fighters song at some point, but yeah, it was stuff like that that just, you know, it was, everyone was just so wrapped up in music and that's like kind of all we talked about really. So Right. Just constantly. Yeah. Sharing bands. I mean, it is, especially too, when you're getting those, you know, mix CDs and you, you know, whatever you listen to the 20 songs and then you're like, yo, four and 11 are sick. Like what, tell me more about them. And totally. you know, that's where you really start to, especially too, where it's like, there are so many bands, especially, you know, for the air quotes scene where it's like, 
maybe one song just like absolutely killed it. And then the rest of the record eh, isn't that good or whatever. But like, you know, you still love that song. <laughs> you're totally. like, I'm riding hard for that. And you're like, totally. oh, eh, oh, maybe the rest of the record, eh, it's a little, you know, falls a little flat, but yeah, that's, <laughs> it's so cool how you're, you know, especially too, where as you are bouncing all of that stuff off of each other, there is that lack of knowledge in a good way because you're not defining these bands by, this you know uh, oh this band is cool or this band's not cool you either like it or you don't totally yeah yeah it was like such a yeah i totally totally agree with that band merch it's important to you right it should be because that is the lifeblood of our diy community bands sell merch and tour they're not making money off streaming they're not making money off royalties So this is the way that you can put direct money in their pockets, and that is via rockabilia.com. Use this code, 100 words, that gets you 10% off your order. It tells them that advertising works. This show sent you. Everybody wins with that scenario. But Rockabilia is the real deal. All officially licensed stuff. High quality. High quality stuff. I can't stress that point enough as well. You're not getting any horrible bootlegs printed on some horrible blanks. This is the real deal. No direct-to-garment stuff. This is all screen-printed, above-the-board stuff. And they're an independently-owned business. Ships out of the Midwest. Gets you a lickety-split. I love this company so much, and they continue to support this podcast. And I can't be more thankful to them for that. So, again, rockabilly.com. All your band merch needs. Be the savior of your household and friends when you come bearing gifts to them or just outfitted in the latest and greatest for your own body. So, rockabilly.com. 100 words is the promo code. There you go. Yeah. One, and especially too, because like I think that, you know, th- this kind of fast forwards ahead a little bit, but I, I think that, you know, there is a uh, temptation for a lot of people. Uh, and this is maybe this is coming from like a sort of, you know, independent record store nerd uh, perspective that I'm coming at it with. But a lot of people would, you know, especially when local natives obviously started to, you know, quote unquote rise to prominence and people started to recognize what you were doing. Um, it can be easy for people to look at that as be like, oh yeah, you guys are just uh, another dumb indie rock band. (laughs) Just, you know, just like really disparagingly, like look at, it's like, oh wow, like you guys are doing, you know, this thing that's like ripping off all these other bands or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, Grizzly Bear Light or whatever. Like it's just, it's, you know, it's reductive, but then that the people are coming at it with that perspective as opposed to, do you like the music or not? Like just listen to it, (laughs) you know? Totally. Yeah. And, you know, like there was a lot, you know, when we first kind of released our, we, you know, when we changed the name to local natives and then we were like, it was around the time we were working on the first record and, you know, we had this whole new body of these these handful of songs. It just felt like a new thing and it felt like, okay, time to, you know, a a name change and kind of like a reboot. It felt, felt just like right for the time. And yeah, we released the record and, and, you know, it, it was kind of that early, early 2010s or whatever you want to call it uh you know when like yeah there was like the grizzly bears and the fleet foxes and 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 the vampire weekends and you know we did get lumped into that kind of sphere i i guess naturally but you know it, it is it, those early interviews and stuff where it was like you're you're kind of getting lumped in you know every that was the descriptor of like you know the tagline under like our album review or whatever like sounds like this the, the so-and-so and so-and-so and you know, I just, it's fine. Like, I like all those bands. It's, that's like flattering that we are put into that group, but you know, you want to be the, I don't, the motive was never like to mimic anything. We're just kind of like doing 
what we like to do and just like happen to create the music we end up creating. And there was never like an intent to like sound like this or sound like that. And, you know, it's tough, you know, the hardest question I think ever to answer in any like conversation or interview is just like, so what do you guys sound like? And it's just like, I I don't know. (laughs) You just gotta like, you tell me, you just gotta gotta listen, you know, cause it's, it's tough. Cause you don't want to give any kind of like preconceived, like, you know, ideas, you just kind of want to like let people discover it like organically. And I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's funny how that, that all works. Right. Well, and the idea of, I mean, you were talking around it, but you know, everybody is standing on the shoulder of giants. Like, you know, when you are starting your bands, like all you're trying to do is rip off the bands that you like, you know, in in like, uh, uh, whatever, you know, dump kid way where you're just like, Oh man, if we sound like, you know, strife meets unwritten law, like that'd be great. And then of course course you don't sound like it. You sound like a horrible version of it or whatever. (laughs) And then you eventually figure out, you know, your own voice, your own area to where you can be like, Oh yeah, we're like this mixture of like all of our tastes combined, which, you know, is not easy to describe, which leads you exactly to the response of what you're talking about, where it's like, well, yeah, like, we're we got guitars and drums and stuff but like i don't know like you 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 listen to it (laughs) yeah totally um yeah yeah the um and why i guess initially why were you attracted to drums because that you know a a lot of people get attracted to it because it's like oh man it's easy there's no notes like clearly (laughs) you know like that's a joke but uh, yeah the was it just kind of the i guess the energy behind it um what did what attracted you I guess. Yeah. I mean, energy is a good way to put it. I mean, I, so growing up, I, yeah, music was kind of always around. My grandmother lived with us growing up and she used this kind of classically trained pianist who she used to play professionally and she had a piano and she was all, that, that, I feel like she's the reason that I was like, was so obsessed with music. Cause it was just like always music in the house. She was always playing. And so that was like my kind of like infusion at an early age was just like being surrounded by like her tastes and, you know, it was all very like classical piano based music. But, um, and I remember before I started drums, it was, I, I, there was an attempt. She tried to teach me how to play piano and that was short lived. Cause I, I don't know. I didn't just have, I just wasn't interested enough to like, you know, uh, give it the time that it, you know, necessary to practice um which i still kind of regret to this day because i actually really like playing piano but um but uh yeah so like it was that and then i think there was like a short little foray into playing trumpet which also once again short-lived and then uh really what what introduced me to drums was we had these neighbors uh, when my parents were still living together and our next door neighbors got a drum set and I remember we were over there like one evening, my parents were talking to them and I was just kind of like fiddling. They let me sit down and fiddle around on the drums. And I just like, yeah, there was something about it. Just like, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to play anything. I had no rhythm. It was just like, but there was something about sitting down and just like making this like chaotic noise that felt like familiar and like great all at the same time. And uh, I think I worked out some kind of like, it was like this kid that would like, I'd go over there like once a week and, and uh, like do chores for them. I'd like mow their lawn or something like that. And then they let me play their drums for like an hour. Um, nice. Something like that. Yeah. So I was just, cause I like really took a liking to it. So, so quickly. Um, and then, yeah, it was about a year later I got my first drum set and that was really just like, that's when it really started. I, I just had a drum set set up and I uh, would come home every day from school and just like play along to whatever CD 
I was listening to at the time and try to learn like all the fills and just the beats that I was obsessed with. And, um, you know, um, I probably spent more time practicing drums than I did doing any homework throughout high school and junior high. So, but in a way, I guess that was my education, uh, (laughs) for my life. So, you know, no regrets there, but, um, yeah, yeah, I just, there's something about, I mean, I've always, yeah, music, I've always wanted to learn like multiple instruments and be kind of like able to be multifaceted in that way. But drums was just like the first, like there was just something, I don't know, just like whether it be the energy, maybe it was like a stress, re- like anxiety, stress release kind of thing. It's just the physicality of it. And yeah, I was just like immediately drawn to it, you know, whereas like other, other instruments might've like taken me a little longer. So. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Especially when, you know, whatever your first exposure is with whatever instrument, like, you know, you kind of, you have to try on different hats in order to feel like what, you know, your voice is. And I know that sounds so like new age and metaphysical, but like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's true. I mean, you know, especially too, with the notion of, you know, most kids get their introductory to music as far as instruments are concerned via piano. But then, you know, most of the music that you're getting exposed to is rock based. And you're just like, dude, I don't want to sit here and play, you know, Beethoven or some sort of classical thing. It's like, you know, I want to learn Blink-182 or <laughs> like, you just want to learn something that's more quote unquote totally. aggressive. And so totally. yeah, I, I totally get that. Uh, and so as you started to, you know, explore, uh, your own musical tastes and start to play in bands and start to really pursue that, um, I am going to guess that, I mean, especially like you mentioned with, you know, you joining Cavill and whatever, 2006, the high school bands that you played in were, um, you know, really funny. Like, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in like, Hey man, like, yeah, I was playing, you know, screamo or I was playing like, you know, emo or whatever, like all the different stylings that you probably kind of sampled. Um, am I correct in that? Or were you pretty? Oh, totally. Okay. Right. No. Yeah. It was like pop punk band. Like my first one was like a pop punk band. Like I was just playing like fast, as fast as I possibly could just super fast. Like, you know, like, uh, punk beats and, um, you know, super fast fills, like, and it was just, that was, that's what we wanted to sound like. And, um, I, I never, I had like a couple little side things where it was like kind of moved into the screamo thing a little bit where it got a little harder. Um, like, but it was a more of the like melodic hardcore Thursday kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, it was like definitely multiple forays into that style of music all throughout high school. Cause I was like, what, you know, that's what we were all listening to. And that's what, you know, I was going to those types of shows. I was like listening to that type of music all the time. And so of course, like, like you said, like you just, you want to like, you love this type of music. So you want to like kind of uh, mimic and kind of like make your own version of that. So mm-hmm. um, absolutely was like a lot of my, um, a lot of my, my youth was uh, playing beats that were, I don't, I probably wouldn't have the stamina to play now um, kind of thing. (laughs) No, totally. And it's funny too, because I think the, the frustration comes um, from, you know, kind of going back to, you know, the people being really judgmental on, um, you know, like local natives, but then I think kind of the reverse where it's like, you know, people can look at like indie rock or college rock or whatever, you know, descriptor you want to put on it and be kind of like, like, Oh, that's, you know, uh, uh, you know, snooty and elitist or whatever. And then the people that end up kind of making fun of whatever their musical journey has led them to, where it's like, Oh yeah, dude, like that pop punk stuff is terrible. Like I used to do that when I was a child or whatever. And then that's when it's kind of like, well, dude, like you need to do that 
before you arrive at where you're at and like don't don't pose like you just you know grew up listening to nick drake and that's it or whatever like yeah totally yeah like that's i mean that's like that's ridiculous because it's like that's that was part of my journey that was like how i got to you know that's how you get from point a to point b to point c and like you know there's there's no like that's just that's what i listen to and i still you know i still like listen i still kind of i've like in the past couple years it's funny i've like had this kind of like uh, you know, cause you, your musical taste like evolves over the, over time. Like, you know, you let's start listening to like super fast, aggressive stuff. And then maybe like, you know, I, I started moving into like, um, you know, m- more melodic, like, like indie stuff. And then I, I feel like in the past couple of years, I've like been, I've found myself I'm, it's all over the map, but like, I've been tr- getting drawn back into like, uh, like heavier music again and it, like rediscovering that, like, you know, that, that feeling and that love for it that I had at a young age has been really awesome. That's cool. And I, I think there is, I mean, there's of course a sort of nostalgia factor, but then it's also exciting when you find bands that are, you know, newer and have influences that are of that era. It just in the same way that you're building off of, you know, everything else that's happening. And then you get excited about a new band. You're just like, Oh dude, that's cool. It's like, 18 year old kids playing the stuff that was happening in the early two thousands. Like that's sick. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um, it, so when you started, uh, cause Cavill, I mean, you guys didn't really have a ton of uh, tour experience and you guys like actually never, you know, like whatever signed a deal and like did that whole, you know, professional band thing. Am I correct in that or no? Uh, yeah. So when I, there was never like a proper record deal or anything like that back then. Um, right. It was, uh, when I had joined, I don't think they had toured at all. Um, maybe they had like played like one show out, out of state or something like that. But I remember it's funny. The first year I was in the band, we attempted to like go on our, and I say this very lightly. Um, we attempted to go on our first tour and I'm using air quotes, um, because the tour was like, maybe like San Diego and then like Phoenix, or, like it was like one show, outside of the state or something like that so but you know we were like holy shit like a a show outside of southern california like great um so we i remember we all like packed up in in uh i think kelsey's mom uh had this old like astro van and we rented like this like tiny little u-haul trailer and attached it to the astro van and uh we started hit we hit the road and i think we got about 30 minutes outside of town and the the van basically caught on fire um because it was old and like i don't think it was supposed to be pulling a, this type of trailer that we were <laughs> we were pulling along and uh we didn't end up making any of the shows so we had to cancel our first uh official tour um love but, that yeah i i th- those are some of the like when you have that experience of uh you know i mean it can be something as dramatic as having to cancel you know three shows because your van blew up because you realize that or not even van like your car it's like oh dang like there's towing capacity like i didn't i didn't, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that yeah but then, didn't, didn't definitely yeah. know that <laughs> no for sure or then just like these other little things where it's like i mean i so distinctly remember and i'll never forget this like you know playing chain reaction and then getting paid and i remember walking out of the box office and the guy that put on the show uh ron martinez because uh, he put on a lot of the hardcore shows in the you know late 90s or whatever he was like dude i know you know me but literally count the money in front of me because like the moment that you leave you're never like it's my word against yours and i'm always gonna win and i was like damn (laughs) but just like those little things that you learn as you're you know experiencing like you literally will never ever forget that 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I look back on all those like little, those little missteps fondly because it's like, yeah, you, you like you, you how, how else you, you're not going to learn any other way. So. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. For sure. And so then as you started, you know, the transition started to happen with, uh, uh you know, you guys dropping the name Cavill and then obviously adopting, um, you know, local natives. Um, and the, you know, the nature of the band, you know, it's been documented in literally every interview of everybody saying like, you know, it's so, it's so awesome how you guys like all collaboratively work together. <laughs> like everybody yeah. writes the views. Like, it's just so funny because, you know, I think that uh, a lot of bands, especially, you know, in your genre of music, you know, broadly speaking, indie rock, there usually is, you know, maybe one or two people in the band that are kind of the drivers, um, yeah. you know, uh, and, and so I, I think it's, you know, interesting that uh, people really focus on that. And they're like, wait, you you guys actually like, like each other? Like, is that, <laughs> you know, is that, is that kind of funny? Like, would people, um, I guess, poke and prod around that to be, you know, kind of surprised by that? I guess. I mean, we're so in it that it's like, it feels that's like just how we've operated for all these years. So, but yeah, there is like definitely times where it gets brought up and you're like, oh yeah. Like, um, I mean, you know, the, like we've been operating in such a way for, for so long now as like this super collaborative, I mean, there's like, you know, three of the guys kind of like, will bring the seed of a song to the table, but like at the end of the day, it always goes through like the local natives hopper and like has to go through all five of us. Everybody's got to get their hands into it. And, you know, like I will, you know, that process can be tedious. Like, don't get me wrong. It definitely is not always the most streamlined, like easygoing process. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think because, you know, Kelsey, Ryan and Taylor, they've known each other even longer than I've known them and they've all been singing together for so long. So I think the fact that like that they, that they like just the vocals are so intertwined, um, that just lends itself to like a more kind of collaborative effort and, you know, everybody, yeah, we just, we just like kind of operating that way. And, um, you know, and I think at the end of the day, we all just kind of, we know that everybody's input is like, we all, there's like a mutual respect for one another. I think that, um, that it, we've, we like hold like very, like it's very important to us because we know at the end of the day, like the end product, whatever we end up with is not just, it can't just, it couldn't have just come from one of us. We know it has to come from like the five of us. And, um, yeah, so we just, I think we just adopted that, accepted that at a pretty early on and, uh, I've just kind of done that ever since. And, you know, yeah, like I, like I was kind of mentioning earlier, like when I, I remember seeing them for the first time and you can tell there's like a camaraderie, I could tell even then that there was like a, a camaraderie between them and like then having like joined up and been a part of that, like group, this group for now for so long like we are still like such a tight knit family and I feel so fortunate like to have that and to like, still like call them like some of my best friends and like, you know, cause we like, you know, like touring and like being in a band together is like a crazy experience. Like you're like, it's like your best friends, but also your business associates, but also your right. creative partners. Like it's this crazy, like mind fuck of a situation that can like, it, it, you know, if it doesn't, if there's like, just a few things off I, I you know you hear stories of like people that it, it doesn't end up lasting or like people end up hating each other or whatever and you know i just i think because like we we try to like really um make sure that there's that that mutual respect is like always in check 
um, I think that is like goes a long way and it like kept us functioning and like kept us like friends. And, and at the end of the day, cause like we, we, of course we need to like work well together, but also we just like, I want to like be able to just like, I love the times where we can just like hang out and just like shoot the shit and just like be friends and not like focus on anything else. I think that's really important. So Yeah. Yeah, no, and I know that isn't like a. Or it's it's difficult to kind of answer that because, like you said, you're you know you're in the middle of it. But yeah, it is. It does take a you know special set of circumstances and people to be together, so it isn't this you know constant uh, you know battle where it's just like you know, whatever, like the Gwen Stefani syndrome of just like oh man, everyone's <laughs> paying attention to the singer and like I don't feel like I'm getting my proper due and like right. I want to write lyrics and it's just like oh man, that's when it you know gets unraveled and like you said, the challenges. Uh, you know, happen, but totally. yeah, it's just like you said, you feel fortunate, and I totally, you know, I agree with you, and I, I think that in turn, uh, you know, everybody that consumes your art can kind of recognize that as well and understand that the reason that bands are able to stick around is because like they actually like each other and they, you know, perform <laughs> well together. Like, you know, of course, there are bands that literally tour in separate buses and hate each other, but they'll, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but you know, those are like that's you know that's its whole separate thing and that's even more difficult to pull off in my opinion (laughs) but (laughs) right that seems like so crazy i mean i always i always uh, i feel like whenever this kind of comes up like people like you know you you ask about people asking about oh you guys actually like each other like and then people someone will reference like the eagles documentary i don't know if you've seen that but like where they're just like literally like playing like these like kind of like soft rock songs and be like fuck like on stage, like mouthing, like fuck you to each other. just like totally. about to like come to blows on stage. And that just like sounds, it's hilarious, but it's hilarious because it's so absurd. And like, so like, I just can't, I can't comprehend how that is sustainable. Like, and how you could keep going like that. I guess when there's maybe a, a ton of money, I guess maybe you're just blind to it, but that just right. seems so crazy to me. Right. It's like the, the mental gymnastics one has to do to arrive at that. Like, you know what, we're just going to keep riding this. And it's just like, yeah, but why you're miserable. Like at what, what cost? Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so as you started to kind of, you know, dig into the touring experience and start to, you know, see, uh, the world more broadly from that perspective, did you, I guess, take to it immediately? Or did you have to kind of like learn how to enjoy it, especially as touring evolves where, you know, there's obviously a whole different uh, take on, you know, van touring than, you know, once you get to a bus and you feel a little bit more removed from these cities and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, totally. I mean, I always, I I didn't, I think, because I didn't really travel very much as a kid. um, And I just, I always, I felt like, I, I always wanted to, and, you know, obviously because I was a music, like a drummer and like playing in bands, that was like the dream was like to get to tour. So like touring was always like, Oh my God, if that ever happens, like, Holy shit, that, that's going to be incredible. So, you know, when it started happening, like, yeah, I was like a, so pumped immediately and loved it. And, you know, we, we did like, we did a million van tours, just like self book van tours and just like sleeping on couches or floors, wherever the hell we could find a place to crash or like sleeping on top of the van, which is something I was known to have done like multiple times uh, at like gas stations. Um, but um, yeah, I mean that, that was, I loved it. That was like, that was such that those are some of my favorite memories of, of the band. It was like those early days of touring and like, Sure. Like, I mean, it's a grind sometimes, especially when you're like driving all night and then you're like pulling in and like loading in and then, all right, we got to drive another eight hours tonight and then sleep for two hours. You know, it's just, it does 
take a toll for sure. But like, um, yeah, I think, I, I, I mean, I feel like you kind of have like to, to tour as at all. I feel like you kind of have to like it at least a little bit. Um, cause like, yeah, it's like such a crazy experience. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always really enjoyed it and man, I mean, I, I will say, uh, not that I've ever like taken it for granted, but like this past year has really like made me like appreciate touring on a whole new level just because like we, nobody's been able to tour. Nobody's been able to hit the road. Like obviously for, for like, you know, for good reason, but like, uh, I am like so ready to get back out on the road and, you know, uh, start playing shows again and having those connections. Cause like, yeah, it's like, that is just something I feel like I thrive off of. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, till, yeah. You, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, and I'm sure like, you know, as the, you know, band started to, you know, receive attention and you guys started to put out records and stuff, I'm sure that, uh, you know, those sort of hallmarks of like, oh man, I can't believe like we play Coachella or whatever are, you know, pretty important and cool. Um, but you know, when did it feel, I guess for lack of a better term, like quote unquote real to you, where it was like, dude, I can't believe this is happening. It doesn't even have to be like, you know, a big show or anything like that, but just something in your mind when I say that like triggers of like, oh yeah, like I remember this, this moment, you know, this distinct random moment where like, you know, I got my signature drumsticks or something, <laughs> like just <laughs> something, something silly or whatever, or it doesn't yeah. have to be silly, but something serious as well. Yeah. I think it was just like, I, I remember we, it was when we were making the first record, we, we were living in orange, uh, all together, but then we, we all moved up to LA together. And, um, cause our, our bass player at the time was living up here and, um, we'd all talked about like making the move and yeah, we moved up into the Silver Lake area and just started like networking and like hustling and playing show, whatever show we could get on. And the big, I mean, I look back at that time and, you know, we had, a we had like booked a, a residency at the silver Lake lounge, uh, mm-hmm. in like February of 2009 or something like that. And, you know, it was just like, okay, here we, like, I don't, who knows. And I just remember the first week it was like, Oh, a good amount of people show up. And then like more people show up. And then by the f- fourth week, it was like, there was like a ton of people. And that was, yeah, it was like, Oh, this is something's happening here. Like this seems to be like people seem to be liking it. And I'm like seeing some of the same people from like the last week and stuff. And, you know, cause you, you book those things and you have no idea if like anyone's going to care. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was stuff like that, that just like, you start to like play these local shows and more and more people sh- show up and it's like, and you're, it's not just like, Oh, it's just all my friends that are here that, you know, maybe bought tickets from me or something like that. It's like people that you don't know are showing up. And I don't know. I look back. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the stuff that I'm like, um, probably where it started to, but started to click in a way where it started to be like, Oh, something's happening maybe. Sure. Um, Well, especially to where it's like, yeah, you know, (laughs) just that feeling of like, wait a minute, like, this person is showing up once, uh, you know, once a week for a month to watch us play. Like that's wild. Like even yeah. if you just notice one person, like that's you know, you're like, you're. Are you sure you meant to come here again? <laughs> yeah, really? totally. I'm like, are do you are you here for the? Do you know it's the same show as last week, right? It's like the same band, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. yeah. Is this an accident? Like you know, we're, we 
we don't have that many songs, so we're going to play the same set. Like, yeah, exactly. So, it was like, you have one album, not, not even one album. So it's like, it's going to be the same. We might mix up a couple songs. So like that's a nice surprise for you, but it's going to be basically the same thing. <laughs> right, um, right, right. That's so funny. Um, was the, and it was interesting too, just watching, you know, how you guys kind of like, uh, you know, ping ponged around the music universe as it were, it, you know, it seemed like, I mean, yes, you guys started to have, you know, traction here in the States, but internationally it seemed to really kind of start to pop for you guys in Australia and, you know, Europe and the UK in general. Uh, was that interesting for all of a sudden you guys to be, you know, like quote unquote in demand in these other areas where you're like, Hey, wait, uh, like why? Like, I mean, I understand why maybe because we sold some records over there, but like, Oh, yeah. you know, was it, was it kind of a, a head trip? Yeah, of course, for sure. Um, and I, I think that's probably another moment of like, to reference your last question of just what I feel like shortly after, like we did that residency, for instance, I remember we like trekked out to uh South by Southwest and played like a million shows, um, did the whole hustle out there. And, we were like meeting, you know, we were meeting people as much as we could. And we started meeting people from like the UK record industry. And, you know, that was when we started realizing, like, oh, we have like a good amount of love out there. And we hadn't even put out our record yet. We had just like put out a couple songs on MySpace or something. And, um, and I think it was that summer we had, we booked a festival out there and like we played like a couple uh, tiny London shows, but it was like getting on the plane and going, I had never been abroad. I'd never like been out. I had been, you know, I'd never been across the Atlantic in my life. And so you know, my early twenties getting on a plane to go to a place I'd never been and like play shows for the first time was like, what, what, <laughs> this is insane. But uh, just another moment of like, yeah, this is, Cause you, you know, you think it's always going to, I guess you kind of assume it's going to happen from like the inside out, but it seemed to almost like we got signed to a record label first overseas. And then we ended up signing our record label here in the States. Um, so it kind of like had this almost reverse effect for us, which was not what I guess you would expect being a Southern California band, but it's just how it played out for us. Right. You know, that is true. And it is interesting where, um, you know, cause typically, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, so like we signed a record deal in the country we live in because that's where we're playing, and then yeah. I guess I guess we'll do this over here first, and then now we'll work backwards to where we can put out a record here in the states. So yeah, yeah. that's that's funny, and uh, kind of along those same lines, you know, once the business implications started to you know impact the band in regards to hey, we're getting paid money for shows and, you know, we have a booking agent, manager and lawyer and all the, you know, normal structures that bands have to start to build up around themselves. Was that something that, um, I mean, clearly you guys obviously felt comfortable with that because you knew that you couldn't do that all on your own. But, you know, how did the business implications start to, uh, you know, seep into the band as far as like comfort levels and being able to navigate that process as you, um, you know, figured it out? Yeah, I mean, it's because we've always like been very hands-on with like kind of every aspect of the band um and so i think there was probably i mean i think we kind of knew we needed like some help and like just to you know i guess take the next step or whatever but um there is like i guess there was like a bit of nerves at first to just be like okay well now we're going to trust this person to like manage us or like to book shows for us or like you know be our lawyer and um there is like and i think because it's like the five of us it's very democratic everybody's super involved there was there is just kind of like a natural like 
you know, not that we want to like micromanage everything. Cause like, that's not sustainable, but like, yeah, there's like a, uh, maybe, maybe hesitation or something at first, but, um, but I think it was, it, we always approached whenever bringing someone new into the mix, whether it be, you know, like our manager who we've been with for, you know, since, you know, 2008 now. And, um, we like, like we treat the band itself, like the members of the band, like it's kind of like our extended family. And we want to feel like we're with people that we really trust and really know well. And so we would like really take it slow when we were talking to anyone new and just, you know, you just want to make sure that you're going to work with people that have like, you know, good intentions and like your best interest and like that will, you know, push you, but also like see, you know, support you and see eye to eye on a lot of things. And, um, so yeah, uh, I think we just were really, I guess, careful about who we let into the fold and I, you know, knock on wood so far, we've been very happy with, with everybody and, 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 uh, how it's gone. But, uh, yeah, it's just like a, just a crazy, it's a crazy process. Sure. Yeah. Especially, you know, once you start to wrap your head around the fact that like, oh yes, like, you know, we're going to get an advance and like, this is how, like, obviously I need to eat food, <laughs> you know, right. we have to pay rent and like all of these other things. And then how we're able to kind of, uh, you know, back into that and achieve it. And yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head where it's like, when you do, you know, incorporate people that they, like you said, have your best interests at heart and understand that they are, you know, working for you. Cause I, I do think that there is this weird notion that like, oh my gosh, like once you have management, like, you know, they're, they're like the puppet masters. You don't have any choice. <laughs> like you're, you're told that you have to do this and you're like, oh, okay, I guess we'll do this or whatever. Right. And I, you know, and I guess and also with stuff like that, I feel like it's like, you know, with whether it be a label or management, like not just, you know, discredit those things but like they're also not like the end all be all like the thing that's gonna like you know definitely like we're still like we still like have hand and <laughs> probably way too much stuff but like um because we're just so used to like doing everything's ourselves doing everything ourselves that like and you know it's just important to like man you know to be able to like because i don't know what i'm trying to say like just feel like your active participants. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I've never wanted to be like a passive member in like a creative endeavor, if that makes sense. Like I just, you know, like I, I feel like you want to, you keep, keep things going uh, collaboratively in a way. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think too, there is this notion that, I mean, I saw it like working at record labels for years, just the idea of, you know, like once a band is signed to the label, sometimes if, you know, a band is super, super green, they're just like, oh, now we're on easy street. And like, you'll, t and it's just like, dude, no, like <laughs> this is where we roll up our sleeves and have to work the hardest. Cause like, totally. and, and I, I think that to your point, like you guys have always kind of collectively kept your hand on the wheel. So you're not so far removed where you feel like, you know, you do get to that position where like, you're just told what to do and just be like, oh, well, that's fine. Like, I don't care anymore. So like, just tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I feel like you can, maybe um, you like you you see when artists get to that point and it's like kind of sad <laughs> when when you can tell when someone's like eh, i don't really care anymore and uh, you just like it's it just like bleeds into their like live show or whatever i don't know but um yeah i don't ever like want that to be the case like at the end of the day we're just I'm just passionate about making music and however i can we can keep doing that in a way that feels you know 
true to ourselves, like that's, that's it. You guys have played a ton of festivals and have interacted with, you know, bands of all shapes and sizes. And I'm sure there's been moments where you're just like, whoa, dude, like I'm hanging out with this person. Are are there moments that kind of stick out, uh, you know, to you from that perspective that, uh, you know, maybe people might not automatically assume that you're, you know, completely nerding out over, um, you know, this particular band? For sure. I mean, the the first one that comes to mind is we did... um, in 2010 we did uh, glastonbury festival in, sure. in the uk and you know that was like our first time you know doing that festival and just again even even being there just we played like an early afternoon slot on a smaller stage but it was like i can't believe we we're even here um but right. i remember you're there, like there, you're, you're you're like hey this is like warp tour main stage in 2001 <laughs> I'm just yeah totally yeah <laughs> um but yeah we were like uh, we were early in the day and then I remember there was this later uh, down the list I was looking at the list of bands or artists on our stage and later in the day there was like a quote unquote special guest and like nobody knew who it was like everyone was kind of like who's it going to be who's going to be and it wasn't even like the last artist so it was like oh they can't be that big and I remember Kelsey and I were walking around backstage and we'd already played and we saw I think we saw Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead walk by and we were like uh what's he doing here? They're not playing this year. And you know, we've like since become like, we've like at that point we were like massive Radiohead fans. Cause we're just like, you know, like I, I know that probably a lot of people say that, but like, yeah, we just like loved Radiohead really looked up to everything they had done. And so, um, we walked by, uh, he walked by and then we're like, hmm. and then like an hour later we found out that it was, it wasn't Radiohead, but it was Tom York and Johnny Greenwood doing like a like special, like stripped down Radiohead set um mm-hmm. on this small stage and um you know we were like because we were on that stage earlier in the day we had access to the stage and i remember just like we kind of like snuck to the side of the stage and just watched them do their thing and like i don't know we were probably like crying because we were just like what the <laughs> fuck what is happening right. we were, like, you know such big fans and like so close and just like you know didn't really get to didn't really get to meet them or anything like that but just to be like you know surrounded by 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 that energy and and it was was really special and that was definitely one of those moments of like whoa how how did we get here kind of thing right this is yeah right this is stupid why are we on the same stage yeah this doesn't make any sense yeah but okay i think it's like that was what do they call like imposter syndrome where you're just like there's someone's gonna catch on to us at some point we're gonna get kicked out of here or something yeah right yeah it's like oh wait who are you guys oh oh, local natives oh yeah Yeah, you're out of here yeah exactly No, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I just, I I love those moments because it does, um, you know, when you, uh, when you, I think kind of forget about that, you know, being a fan of stuff, that's when you, you know, you, you kind of lose the perspective of what it is that you're doing, you know, when people hold you in that same esteem or like clearly they are super fans of, you know, local natives just in the same way that there are people who are super fans of Radiohead. And so it's like, you know, you want to keep all that in perspective. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the last thing uh, that I wanted to hit on was the, you know, it seems like, uh, especially, you know, the most recent round of interviews that people have done, they're like, yo, Matt, you're super into bicycling, you're super into <laughs> cycling. <laughs> and it, it's, um, I, I find like anytime anybody, uh, you know, does pieces on like, you know, we're going to show the true side of this person. Like they're not just a drummer of a band. Or they're <laughs> not just this person. Yeah. I just always find it, you know, it's, I mean, I guess it's an angle and obviously journalists have to figure out how to write about people. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, is it, uh, 
is it funny? I guess when people, I mean, it's cool because you can obviously talk about something you're passionate about. Um, you know, but is it, uh, you know, kind of, it just makes you chuckle where it's just like, well, yeah, I like cycling. I've been into it for a while or whatever. Um, you know, I guess we can talk about it now, but like, yeah. you know, no better time like the present, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, cause it definitely, I mean, probably people like usually if I've, People like go to your Instagram and be like, "Oh, the, there's a bunch of bike photos as well as drum photos." <laughs> so he must like biking or cycling. Um, and yeah, like I mean, I, that is like something I'm really into. Like that is like outside of music and stuff. Like I'm super into cycling and do it like probably way too much. But um, yeah, I, I don't like. I, I think I don't know. Over the like, I've I I kind of enjoy having like mo- like different outlets like music is obviously number one and always will be but when i do appreciate like having like a totally different thing that's not related at all and like you know being able to like talk about that so like i don't yeah i don't really mind um kind of like diving into that that world as much i mean i'm not you know nearly i'm not as knowledgeable about cycling as maybe i am about drums but um yeah i think it's 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 cool if someone is like interested enough to like see that i'm into that and ask about it that's fine with me yeah totally yeah <laughs> you're like hey we can go uh two levels uh deeper and i could talk to you about my you know passion about why red vines are more important than twizzlers if you want to do that <laughs> <laughs> which i do support i do actually agree with that so i don't know if that's something you believe in but um, matt, matt matt don't think i didn't set you up for that you you answered that question right <laughs> great okay cool i passed great <laughs> Amazing. Well, no, but I, I do like, especially to your point where it's like when you can, you know, uh, paint a picture of a person being a whole person, like it's so much more, I mean, in my mind, it's so much more like engaging and entertaining because, you know, clearly we're all weirdo humans that have all these interests. And I think that, you know, when people just put humans in a box and are just like, oh yeah, Matt's just the drummer for local natives. And you're like, yeah. well, I mean, I am that, but like, I'm also this other, you know, like you know, biking spandex weirdo or whatever. Like we all, you know, sorry, not, not disparaging you. No, course, no, it's, I, I am, I am that person. So. <laughs> You're like, I, I fully embrace this. I embrace it. I fully embrace it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you fully embrace your kit. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, dude, I really appreciate you hanging out. This has been fun. And, uh, I, I appreciate letting me, uh, you know, kick around your brain and, uh, take you all these different directions. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. I'm really glad you reached out and, uh, I'm glad that Kenny put us in touch and, uh, yeah, this has been really fun. Yeah. Shout out to Kenny, man. The way putting, putting the people together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is what's up. So thank you very much, Matt. And again, thank you to listener Kenny for connecting us over email, bringing up the idea because it, I, my favorite thing is when a person brings up an idea over email and within five minutes, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is great. Let's, let's go ahead and do this. <laughs> like I just love those ideas that come and are just, they're just brilliant. Knocked it out of the park, Kenny. Way to go. Next week, I have Joe, and I haven't said his last name out loud, so I'm probably butchering it, but Joe Mulherin, or Mulherin, from Nothing Nowhere. That is what you formally know him as, Nothing Nowhere. Joe from Nothing Nowhere. There you go, band name. But Nothing Nowhere is so interesting to me. I personally do not understand the whole emo rap subculture, SoundCloud culture. Like, I get it from a musical talent perspective. It's just not my wheelhouse. 
But I have always been fascinated with Joe and understanding that, you know, he has a large connective tissue placed within the context of, you know, all these DIY venues that we're talking about and, you know, played in punk and hardcore bands and is vegan, is straight edge. Like there's so much that I'm like, man, I want to have Joe on the podcast because uh, I think most people would look at nothing nowhere or just listen to the music and be like, this dude sucks. <laughs> There's not, I, I'm not interested in this. And when I say most people, like I'm just being very generic in that term. But yeah, there's a lot. There's maybe a lot of reticence for people to want to check him out. So, anyways, I have Joe on the podcast, and that's what we do next week. So, until then, please be safe, everybody. <laughs>